Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to, you know, it's fake, right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Brian Breaker, and this is episode 95, and today is Halloween. And what better guest to have on Halloween than the host of Night of the Nerdy Laser podcast, the one and only Richard Yule is returning to the show. No, I did not plan this. I am not that good, ladies and gentlemen. I could not have taken a guy who does a horror movie-based podcast, who's also a wrestling fan and a wrestling figure collector, and lined it up to where his episode fell the same day as Halloween, because... That's just not going to happen. <laughs> so it was totally a happy accident. In fact, I didn't realize it till this very moment when I started recording this. Um, Richard's a great guy. I've done his podcast before. He has done, he, much like me, he's done several different variations of podcasts. And I think that's what's cool about this medium is coming up with new ideas. In fact, I may have another new idea approaching very soon. Stay tuned for details in the next uh, few weeks. But... Richard's a, a really cool guy, and we just have a great time chopping it up. We're still trying to line up something for him to come on TV Toycast, so that'll be coming on um, sometime in the future. Not exactly sure when, but it'll definitely be happening. It's just cool to have different people on the show and people who go from different walks of life. We talk a lot about FrankenCon. Richard has his own convention, a horror convention, FrankenCon. Like, what? Like you pulled that off? Like it's it's crazy, and he, we kind of we dive into that quite a bit because there's a lot to unpack with that. Um, doing your own convention, booking people, hoping people buy tickets and come to it, and there's a lot. And uh, I think it's really really cool that he's doing his own thing. Richard's a great guy, and like I said, I I just absolutely love having him on the show. And I'm sure down the road we'll be, we'll be doing some more podcasts, but let's not waste any more time on this intro. Let's kick it over to my conversation with the one and only Richard Yule from night of the nerdy laser podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Uh, joining me this week, he is a returning guest, the one and only Richard Yule. Richard, what's going on, man? What is up, Brian Breaker, man? Thank you for uh, having me back. Um, I, I love the podcast, and it's an honor to be back for a second time. Yeah, absolutely, man. We had a we had a really good time the first time. I know we had podcasted a couple of times before that. I know I did a – oddly enough, I actually did a show with you a few years ago where we discussed a lot of things like with the Bindums, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. And I know – Yeah, we, we did – yeah, yeah. It was funny we brought that up uh, like – the, the whole last series and, and all that, then the crazy spike that happened. It, it really is crazy. I know I, I talked to a lot of people about collecting and stuff, and I feel like it's it's one of those things where the, the weird thing about collecting, and you'll get this as someone who's you know a collector, you never really know what's going to be big money. And if you try to predict it, if you try to collect based upon that, you're probably always going to be wrong. And... That's why I always try to tell people, like, if you're if you're wanting to collect whatever it is, action figures, anything, just do it for fun. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself crazy. 
Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, um, yeah, there's, especially with the price, um, it's just ridiculous now. Oh, it really is. It's, um, I'm sure we'll dive into that. Um, and of course, if people don't know, you're also a fellow podcaster with uh, the Night of the Nerdy Laser podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm down to just one, so that's nice. Um, I, I used I, to do like three I, or four. I know four. that feeling all too well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I used to have a wrestling podcast a long time ago, and uh, you know, I've done other podcasts, but we've been doing uh, Nerdy Laser, which is a horror movie podcast for. I think we're around the 65th episode or so. Um, so it, it's been really fun. And uh, we just, uh, it's me, my buddy Matt, and my buddy Jeff, and we just goof around and, you know, break down horror movies and just try to have fun with it. You know, it's it's funny because I feel like sometimes, because we all are, are wrestling fans, we feel like we need to do, you know, wrestling-based podcasts and and I think it's actually really refreshing when someone does something that's totally different because it's like, yeah, you're still a wrestling fan. That's still part of who we are, but why not do something on horror movies or, or whatever? Or anytime somebody does something that's a little bit different, like, uh, like a Ethan and soda Hunter are doing a NASCAR podcast. They're both wrestling fans, but, but why not do something different? You know? Cause I feel like sometimes the market gets so saturated on stuff that it's, it's easy to, to, you know, to be involved in something that really isn't, that special anymore i guess yeah um well the horror market is is very saturated as oh, well i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean it, you know i mean there's just something about uh wrestling and horror that kind of go together too mm-hmm. um so I think most horror fans are wrestling fans. Most wrestling fans are horror fans. Stuff like that can kind of mix up. Um, but yeah, and oddly enough, like um, one of the guys I do the podcast with, I mean, he was he's an ex wrestler. So like, um, you know, but we we just talk about horror movies and stuff. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, I I got burned out. I ta- I did the wrestling podcast for like five years and. After a while, it was just, uh, you know, I, I stopped watching it as much back then, and mm-hmm. just uh, a lot a lot happened, and, you know, you had a lot going on in the world, and I just thought breaking down movies was uh, a better fit for me at the time. Well, that's kind of a, a, another reason why you know, I do the TV toy cast with Travis, because it's, you know, me and him would talk wrestling figures, of course, but... Then I, you know, I'd mentioned Marvel Legends, and I found out oh, he's really into Marvel. Like, oh, that's cool. And then he would, we would talk about turtles. Oh, mm-hmm. He likes the turtles too. And it's like you start to realize, like, oh, we have other interests besides wrestling figures. And so I kind of had the idea: like, what if we did a a show and we broke down old toy lines? Like, we can have wrestling toys as well, but we do other stuff too. And he was down for it. It's been really fun. So it's it's one of those things where sometimes like. It's interesting that we all kind of become acquainted through wrestling, but then we find other interests outside of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like, I mean, that's what I love about wrestling is like, I mean, it, it just introduced me to uh, a lot of cool people and right. and people with mostly the same interests as, as me as well. So um, other than wrestling. So that's really nice. And like anytime you go to wrestling or like um, I remember I went to WrestleMania, I 
I can't remember the the one right before COVID in New York mm-hmm. um, or New Jersey. Uh, I mean, I went by myself, but I mean, I automatically started talk to two people behind me, you know, and then like mm-hmm. you just I don't know. There's something about like going to a concert or like a, even like a horror convention or or wrestling where. I mean, you're there, and you can talk about whatever, but then it'll probably veer off, and you'll start talking about you'll, – you'll find out you have other interests. Yeah, and I think that's what's good about it. And I think, like you said, doing a, a horror movie podcast is kind of a, a nice change of pace. And I'm sure, it, like any other market, it's probably very saturated. And, and I, you know, I've kind, of, I've kind of come to terms, and I'm sure you have as well, with podcasting. It's not that, like, I don't enjoy it, but I don't try to look at it for – like, oh, man, I, I hope this one hits it big and I make a ton of money because I feel like we're at a point now where it, there's so much happening. It's so easy to produce these. Like, anyone can do it, which is also the downside. Anyone can do it. So it's there's tons of them out there to the point where I, I think it's more of just a love of the game type of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I have these false hopes that one day, you yeah. know, the – the one will magically take off, but um, that, those are high hopes. Um, I mean, I, mean I, I like doing it, uh, but it, it is it is work. I mean, I, I think people don't really realize like yeah. how much goes into it, especially when you're when you're like doing covering a certain subject. Sure. Um, you know, you have to do research, and you know, you have to look stuff up, and you want it to be informative and. Uh, you you know, for the horror movie, I mean, we're a weekly horror movie podcast, so that means we're watching uh, a, a horror movie a week. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that may only be an hour and a half, two hours, but that's still an hour and a half, two hours out of my time that I, you know, I have to dedicate to the podcast. That's not even recording. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one, so. of those, it's one of those things where, you know, as adults, we only have a certain amount of time of, like, TV watching. So if something new comes out that you really want to watch, you might have to be like, well, I got to watch this B-level horror movie first because I got to get that done. We're recording them. You know what I mean? And like, that's like real world decisions. And I know this because uh, several years ago, me and Bane had another guy kind of similar to what you're doing. We had an idea of doing a pay-per-view rewatch podcast where there would be three of us. And the WWE Network was pretty new, but they, all the pay-per-views were on there from all the major companies. I mm-hmm. thought, man, there's so many pay-per-views we could pick and choose. And and so that was our idea. Like, hey, I'll pick, like, the Survivor Series 1991, and we'll talk about it. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And then he'll pick a WCW pay-per-view and so on and so forth. And that all sounds fun, but now you actually have yeah. to go and watch it. <laughs> so there's a lot yeah. to it, man. There's a lot to 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 do as far as, like, we were taking notes and stuff, and now it's like this fun hobby is becoming a job, and it's like this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, yeah. We we started this new venture. It, there's a there's kind of a television channel. It's kind of hard to find, but it, it's it's on the internet. You have to watch it through your web browser. But it's a horror uh, TV channel, and uh, they're supposed to be on Roku at some point. But it's called Tingler Television, and um, we we were approached by them to do something and we, we wanted to, we, we contacted them. We were approached by them with the, with the television station that they were doing. It was brand new. And so we came up with something that we wanted to do. So, 
um, we do a half hour video show and it's also on um, YouTube if you look up Night of the Nerdy Laser on YouTube you'll be able to watch shows they'll be coming out weekly the first one dropped um, and we'll be putting them out there but it's a half hour kind of comedy show and but we review a movie and have have movie clips and all that fun stuff but there again it's another movie to watch yes so now i've increased from an hour and a half to two hours to three and a half to four hours so uh, you know we we're kind of punishing ourselves in the long run i think by doing all these uh projects but it makes life fun and uh you know i i really enjoy doing them um but it is. It would be nice to kind of. Sometimes that's why I don't listen to the bigger podcasts. Actually, because yeah, I me get too. That's exactly mad. Why, yeah, because <laughs> I get mad that they're successful and I'm not. And so I'm like, well, I'd rather listen to. Just, I mean, I listen to some big podcasts. Obviously, I I do really enjoy Conrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I like the My World podcast. I, I listen to that every week, no matter what. And um, but, you know, I like listening um, to just uh, normal guys and stuff. And Well, yeah, I get tired of ads, too, like you know. And, yeah. and I think there's something about an independent podcast because I feel like it's – I mean, you could relate to this. It's like an independent movie. There are some that are like, wow, that was really good, and some that are like, wow, that was horrible. But, yeah. but you can also – like, I know that independent podcasts appreciate that listen more than – you know, a bigger podcast would like they appreciate that download more. So, I always try to listen to all my friends. Yeah, and, um, and it's hard yeah. to keep up with everything, but I, I do my I do my best. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have like I don't know, like seven to ten podcasts that I listen to every week, and mm-hmm. I, I usually do a pretty good job of catching up um, or keeping up with that. Um, I'm kind of glad Bruce Pritchard doesn't do the podcast anymore because I don't have to listen to that one. That used to be my favorite, sure. but of course he might he might be getting some spare time here soon. I don't who knows. <laughs> you never know, man. It's uh, I think <laughs> I, I think another thing about podcasting that makes it difficult is they're seemingly never ending, right? So the good thing about a TV show is like if you were like to say like, hey, I want to go watch every episode of say Seinfeld. There's a definitive beginning and a definitive end, and it's over. Yeah, it's not like well, I feel like the, that way about The Simpsons. It's been going for so long. Like you, it, how could you catch up? Because it's been thirty years. So with podcasting, I think when there's no definitive end, it kind of makes people think like I'll I'll never catch up to this. It's too much. But with um, but with you know with television, it's like well okay, I can I can watch. 10 seasons of a show or whatever, and I can get through that. So I do think sometimes that kind of does hurt the podcast game a bit and kind of makes me wonder if there will ever be like a big, where the bigger podcasts maybe go on seasons and stuff. Cause I feel like sometimes that might be a better method if you're wanting to make money. I don't know. I mean, I always just kind of am thinking out loud because I know podcasts be kind of became a huge thing probably what, 10 years ago. And, and now like, like you mentioned the YouTube thing, I feel like it's, it's, stemming more to YouTube. That's kind of becoming a thing where I know a lot of more people watch them. I've had a few people hit me up like, Hey, how come you don't put your podcast on YouTube? And I'm like, well, we could, but like, you know, I don't really want to go through the process of filming it. So then it would just be like an (laughs) image on the screen. And then that's a whole lot of extra work. That's the main reason why I haven't done it. But 
it's it's just one of those things. I guess it depends on what you're into, you know. Yeah, we. I most of my. I mean, we don't put. Well, I say we don't put, but so we just started. Um, this week will be the first time that we've uh, added a video podcast um, to YouTube, and it's just you know, I it's just us talking about it. But you see us, and it's not just a still picture because I used to do that, and nobody watched it. Sure. Um, People are barely watching, you know, the 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 live video of us. But I mean, we might as well do the video because it's relatively easy. It does cost money to make it easy, but you know, such is life. And um, you know, so I just think uh, you know, it is nice to give people options. But yeah, sometimes it's, it's you gotta weigh whether it's worth it or not. No doubt, no doubt about it. Um, I wanted to kind of touch on this because I know a big big way me and you got acquainted was through the world of collecting. I know you're a big fan of fully posable and and collecting figures and stuff. Um, but you kind of told me the other day you weren't really collecting as much anymore. Is it just one of those things where it kind of goes in waves? I feel like that's kind of how a lot of us are. Where at times we're collecting a lot, other times not so much. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, like, you know, it just happens with with kind of everything, you know. I mean, at some point I had a Lego collection. I mean, back in 2000, I think, 13, 14, I got crazy about Legos. Mm -hmm. And um, now I don't have any. Um, Actually, I do have the the Nintendo set, but I haven't opened it yet. So, yeah. Yeah, I have. Because I'm lazy, so, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I think my collections kind of, um, you know, go to different things, um, but the, the toy stuff, I mean, I still kind of collect toys, but definitely not as much. I'm trying to think what the last thing I bought was. I, I did buy a Funko Pop yesterday, so. Oh, interesting. That was something. Yeah, um. It was a Chucky, uh, so it's a, a horror Funko Pop. So um, I do have this some Super Sevens coming and oh, nice. and some Classifieds, but but wrestling wise, I don't really for a few reasons. And like I know, part of me doesn't collect them because there's so many legends and I know like fully posable and, and other people like they just want legends. And I mean, I have so many Jake the snakes and so many, you know, Brutus, like, like, I don't know. I just, it's, it kind of gets to a point where I'm like, well, I don't want another one of the same thing. Like, and, and it's the same style. So Mattel, you know, really only, I mean, yes, they do uh, switch it up. I mean, you have the superstar line, the elite line, basic line. I count basic and elite the same. And then the ultimate line, which I do, I did buy a Mr. T because I thought, oh, that one will be hard to find. I, I could buy you 15 Mr. T's if you want one. <laughs> right. My gosh, those things are just collecting dust at my target for some reason. Yeah, it's collecting is interesting. You know, I was I was telling you before. It's like it's it's if it's one of those things. If you're looking to do this to make money, it's probably not going to work out because anything that that is worth money seemingly is not something I would have expected to be like Mr. T. I would have thought the same thing. Like, ooh, that'll be a hard one to get. But like yeah. I said, yeah, it's collecting dust. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like do I do I buy things I don't want and hope that. You know, cause that's another thing too. Like, 
what if your house floods? I mean, like, and I know that's a, that's a, that's a far off one, but like, what if you buy this figure? It's supposed to be worth money. And then, you know, it gets damaged in your house in, in a couple of years. Now it's worth basically nothing. So there's a lot of factors that can kind of go into that. I know for me, I try to just get what I'm into at the time. And, and, you know, in that case, I have turned down things where I'm like, oh, that looks cool. But I didn't buy it because I wasn't really into it at the moment. It's just, I feel like you have to just collect with what you want because there's so much out there. The prices are continually going up. In fact, I know you mentioned, you sent me some pictures the other day. And one of them was the Neutrinos three-pack from NECA, the cartoon set. And you told me it was $75. And I'm just like, there is no way. Like, I mean, I'm thinking like, there, wow, like that is way too much money. And I feel like it's it's becoming more and more where everything is just crazy in price. And if you're a diehard collector, how do you keep up with everything? No, I agree, man. That's why I don't. I mean, and I'm actually probably more into wrestling now than I have been, in, you know, through COVID and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I went to a uh, NWA uh, pay-per-view and some TV tapings that happened here in Knoxville uh, like two months ago, I think. Um, it was the one that Matt Cardona was supposed to be on, but he was injured. So. That's right. Yeah, it was like the always ready one, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was at that pay-per-view, and then the next day they uh, filmed four TV shows, which, whew. That's a lot of wrestling. I bet that um, yeah, that's the thing. TV tapings are not the easiest thing to sit through <laughs> when it's that much, you know. But yeah, it's a lot. Oh, I used to do the Nitro and Thunder tapings back oh, yeah. to back. Ugh. Oh, that's brutal, man. And it was brutal because you know Nitro didn't go off to eleven, so yeah. then you had another two hours. Oh, I know. Um, when I was in NXT, they used to tape sometimes five episodes in one night, and. I mean, early NXT was a little bit different because it was one-hour shows, but I know that there was one night we actually had six tapings, and so what they did is they pulled every dark match over the last month that they had done and more or less kind of put those into one taping and and mm-hmm. then add, and then recorded a main event because they it was a timing issue. They couldn't get back to full sale to record again, so oh. we had to do another set of tape. Like, we had basically had to tape an extra show, and so instead of doing six hours of tv they did like about five and a half but that's still so much wrestling i mean it's hard for anyone to be invested with that you know yeah um but so so i'm more invested in in wrestling now um but as far as figure wise i don't know i mean i think there's a new seth rollins out in a line Mm -hmm. and i feel like and i feel like that's because seth is i mean i think one of the best. I mean, I think he's a hidden gem. Like nobody really talks about Seth as much because they, you know. I mean, I get it. He's been around forever, but man, he is just the best. I mean, he he really is. And He'll be he, so much more he's, appreciated he's pretty, once he like steps away. I think people will realize how good he actually was. Oh yeah, I mean, if you look at like the matches with Cody Rhodes, two of the best matches I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, either in the one with Matt Riddle loved it, um, and I mean his, his just promo work and the I mean he, he's Chris Jericho in a way, mm-hmm. um, because I think that the the more Seth Rollins goes on, the more like Chris Jericho, at, at, you know he goes through times where people don't appreciate him as much and and back and forth, um, but you know Seth is able to change his character pretty much as good as 
Jericho, which a lot of people can't do that. So I feel like Seth is right there kind of with him that he can kind of change up um, his character and, and be something a little different. I think Jericho probably does it better, but I think Rollins does a good job. No, I agree. And I think with wrestling, there are ebbs and flows. I know since Triple H has kind of taken over, that kind of made WWE seem more exciting to me, where I'm like, I kind of mm-hmm. want to watch this show now. And and it's like nothing, it's not a knock on Vince or anything. It just I felt like it was a breath of fresh air within the company. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it certainly did spark everybody. I mean, it, you know, nobody thought that time would ever come. Yeah. And, uh, and it's here, and now, you know, it's, it's just something that you want to see happen. Well, and, and not only that, I think it was really cool to see, like, how they're kind of throwing little Easter eggs and all the backstage promos. I think that's a fun thing because it gets people talking. And, like, I know just we'll date ourselves on the show because this won't air for a few weeks, but that QR code they did on Raw this week. Brilliant. Yeah, it I was mean, great. It was brilliant. Because, it, because it, it got people to go look and like, what does this mean? Does this mean Bray Wyatt? We don't know. But it's it's a really cool thing. And I think that is what you need to get people invested in your product. And I think also having AEW kind of nipping at their heels as a as a pretty solid number two helps as well. I think I think ultimately, like, when anytime like, there's a new company or whatever, it's just good for wrestling. And I think that that's what's good. It, it gives a lot of guys and a place to work, an opportunity to work, you know, and I think that that's, that's ultimately good for the industry. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I watch AEW like flat, like if there's something, a match or some, I don't have cable, so it's hard for me to watch anything. Um, so I don't watch AEW, but it, you know, if I hear something, I'll go look it up on YouTube, a match or something like that. I mean, of course, you have to watch the CM Punk scrum and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, and then, I mean, WWE, I usually keep up with it on their on like their socials, sure. like, and then I'll watch a YouTube thing, which does kind of suck. I'd like to watch it in real time sometimes, um, especially um, you know with just all the new stuff like Samuel Shaw showing up and. Mm-hmm. Uh, carrying cross back uh Sam, samuel shaw actually or sam shaw i don't he's gone by about everything dexter loomis mm-hmm. whatever you want to call him i guess uh he was actually it was funny because he was actually at um uh, the NWA show I went to, and and I didn't know he was going to be there, and he was he's one of my favorites. I just think he's so underrated, so talented, and. Uh, it was. It's nice to see him possibly coming back in uh, WWE and being being a bigger name than he was. They've done great with him so far. Like I think everything they've done with him has been really cool. And to me, that's what's that's what's exciting about these guys popping in. Like it's like wow, they're actually doing something with them. I know AEW. I feel like a knock I had there was like you bring in a guy like Keith Lee, all this hype. It's a huge deal, and then he's basically doing nothing. You know and. I know he's tag team champion now, but he's kind of an afterthought on the roster a little bit. So, but I get—I had no uh, idea he was still wrestling. Right, exactly. I mean, (laughs) like he's got—you know—you got a couple of hours of TV every week, and then a couple of YouTube shows. Basically, three hours of TV and two YouTube shows. It's hard to get everyone featured, and so, like I had heard, there was a viral clip a couple of weeks ago where that Luigi Primo—I'm sure you saw that—the pizza guy, right? 
It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, everybody was going crazy about this guy. And then he shows up on Dynamite. Just in a backstage segment, just gets kicked really quick. But it's like, it was enough for them to go, like, let's bring in the pizza guy. Let's, <laughs> like, like, why not? And to me, I think that's what's interesting about, about wrestling now is, you know, because before with WWE, you knew if they signed someone, it was going to take several weeks for them to show up. With Triple H's regime, that's not really the case. Karrion Cross, there's rumor that he's signed. Bam, he's on SmackDown that night. Like, that's like, whoa, yeah. okay. Like, the ball's moving a lot faster, and I think that that's a really cool thing. Well, you have to be ahead of the game, you know, with internet and dirt sheets and all that. You right. know, you, you don't want somebody else to spoil it. I mean, they've done so good with Bray Wyatt. Like, um, just, uh, you know, every there was just always talk of him coming back and he's been gone for how long? Like years. It's been (laughs) a while. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just wish with collecting, like, I mean, first off the price point is I, they basically priced me out. I mean, I, I just can't, I can't justify, you know, the $25, $22, whatever it is. Yeah for just every figure. So, you know, right now the only figures they really release that I can find are like, uh, legends from wrestling. Um, most of the new, uh, lines get picked and then I find them at toy shows and stuff for 15, $20 or more. Yeah. So a lot of scalpers get the, the brand new lines. Mm-hmm. Um, because I saw the Dominic, <laughs> my now see this is what's cool is like this was a line I probably would have bought them all from, but they did the line. Um, what was it? Uh, SummerSlam. Oh, where you the, got a the build tiny a figure, build right? a figure of yeah. baby of of child Dominic. Right. I think it's hilarious. Absolutely. But you can't find it, so it doesn't matter, and I can't buy them. Well, and that's and that's the thing too. I think <laughs> with um, with collecting is I think at a certain point. Like you mentioned Funko Pops earlier and I, I got really into Funko Pops f- for a few years there, but now I'm kind of like, I'm just so over these. And, and a lot of that was exclusives and chases and all that other stuff to where it's like, it's a full-time job almost to, to track things down. I know I've actually gotten really into vintage figures like vintage Marvel and vintage Ninja Turtles simply because if you go to a toy show or a vintage toy store, they have tons of them. And they're usually not that expensive. There's some that are a little bit more on the expensive side, but a lot of them aren't that expensive. So to me, it's like, I can justify that a lot more than I can go into a Target to spend $26 on a AEW figure. So mm-hmm. I think I think you're right. They are kind of pricing themselves out. And I think what's going to happen is you're going to start to see the decline in collectors. I feel like you already are where people like, I know you were a big collector, Drew Vinsel, other people that were like buying everything are kind of stepping away for one reason or another. And I think it comes down to where it's like, I know uh, when McFarlane released the Batman 1966 figures, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Me and Travis talked about it, but they were $18. And I'm like, man, you know, if they were like 12, I'd probably buy them all 18. I'm like, "Uh, no, I don't think so. And, yeah. and it's one of those things like they released uh, the DC superpowers and those are 10 and I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I want all of them because they're $10 and it's almost like they're so cheap that I can't not get them. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's very strange how the world of collecting has changed over just the last couple of years. 
Well, I feel like, you know, everybody for so long was like, we need uh, articulation, 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 and now, and we need better details, and we need more lifelike, and now people are like, I'll, I'll take the uh, Batman for $10 that just has arms and legs and head movement. <laughs> Isn't that and, wild? Like how how different that changed. Yeah, it's like it's like oh well, we don't really we can't afford it. <laughs> See, I um, I have a good friend of mine, Daniel Cross, who's uh, he's he likes he doesn't collect a lot of current stuff, but he likes to look at it. And he told me he's like, what are your thoughts on like the new Mattel figures? And he was basing this off of like San Diego Comic Con when they showed off a whole bunch of new renderings. And I'm like, I think they all look mm. good. I was like, there's very few that I would I would get. Like I mean, I think like Farouk Assad is amazing. Like that's a fun one. Mr. America is kind of fun, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a picker and chooser at this point with Mattel. And he goes, Oh, for sure. He goes, do you think they're too lifelike? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes to me, Hasbro was great because they were cartoony. Like they looked like a toy. These look like an actual small Hulk Hogan. Like, is that a little bit weird? And I'm like, well, now that you say that, like it is, it does kind of make you think like there's something, there's something special about the Hasbros cause they do look like toys. And I think to a degree, they kind of do need to look like toys, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I probably agree with that. I, I mean, the last line I was, like, all in on, and then it made me mad, and I couldn't find them, and I haven't even completed it, never will at this point. But the uh, I was I loved the Masters of the WWE Universe so much, and I wish they would still do it. Um, I have, I mean, I probably have, like, 70% of the collection. Yeah, I never saw that last wave. Actually, I never saw the Bret Hart wave either. The one with Bret Hart. No, I never saw that. I've seen them since. Like, I've seen them on the secondary market. I'm trying to think what the last wave I got was. I do have a cane. Whatever wave that was in, I didn't even see that wave. I bought a cane for, like, $30 at some toy show just because I wanted it. Cane, Goldberg, and Ultimate Warrior, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, and yeah, I did, I did, never see, got I did that. see that wave. Yeah, that was the last one I saw, though. See, I never saw those in the store. And uh, it just made me mad. Like, yeah. it's like, I mean, I want to buy these. Why? I mean, I want to give your company money. And you don't Why have won't available. you let me do that? It's weird, <laughs> like, isn't it? Like, what a weird business like, model. And I know, like, people defend, like, classifieds and, and Hasbro and all that. I don't. Um,. I mean, the Hasbro stuff is so good that, I mean, I'll never say I'm not going to collect it anymore. Yeah. Um, but they're stupid. Um, they, I, I, I mean, I, I just think that they're dumb. I, I mean, why don't you mass produce those things? You, I mean, because you don't. You don't mass produce them. I know people that would buy five Cobra Troopers. But you can't find them. You just can't find them. So, I mean, and then... What I don't like, I, I'm not a big fan of this, and I do it because you have to if you want certain things, um, but I hate the pre-ordering thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I hate, I hate, um, like, uh, you know, give us money now, and then in a year and a half, we're going to give you something cool. It's like that. You don't deserve any money for that. You are a big mega, like Hasbro, why am I giving you a loan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Well, not, not That's only all that. I'm doing. Not only that, like Target, I have two classified pre-orders at Target pending, and I I went and looked at them because I thought man, it's been a while. Did those cancel? I did one in October of 2021. It is now, <laughs> as of recording, September of 2022. Like that's been going for a year. 
because I thought maybe these canceled and I never saw the email. Oh no, they're still pending. Yeah. And I think like that sucks because I haven't actually paid for them. So like, what if I'm a little bit behind on my money? All of a sudden, oh bam, we just took fifty bucks out of your account. Like that sucks. So I I'm with you on that. I think it's the figures are great. The um, the line is awesome. The distribution is abysmal. And I'm also not a huge fan of the new packaging rollout that's going to be seemingly happening with a lot of figures. Oh, I I can't even. I, I mean, I can't even talk about it. It makes me sick. It's I, not an action I, figure anymore, man. Like it's not. There's the same. no way I will buy. I mean, once they once whatever I'm collecting goes to full cardboard and no see through, I'm done. I won't collect it. I refuse. I mean. If, I mean, I just, it would be so tough for me to buy that. I, it would be tough for me to buy that. Even taking it out of the box, which I do most of the time, mm-hmm. I still hate the idea of that. Yes. Well, how can you be an <laughs> inch on card collector with this? And the only way to... to you, the problem is, is the only way you can voice your opinion is to just not buy it. But enough people have to do it to where they're like, oh, we got to go back. Yeah. I know, um, you know, I follow some different accounts on Instagram and TikTok and stuff. And this guy was doing, you'll, you'll see, I'm sure you've seen some of these accounts where they kind of go through and they look at the toy aisles at different targets and Walmarts. And this oh, yeah. guy, this guy was doing that and he picked up a Marvel Legends Spider-Man. And I don't know which one it was because I'm kind of out of the Marvel Legends game at this point, but it's the new cardboard package and he's like well this is clearly empty and i'm like wow really yeah that's what he said and i mean i don't i don't know but you're gonna be able to tell if there's a figure there or not i mean i would assume by the weight and you know yeah yeah and we've had issues with figure swapping for years oh yeah where they can clearly put a different figure in there and people apparently don't pay attention or don't care because they put it back on the shelf well yeah they don't care yeah and now it's like that's going to be tenfold even worse because unless like you're going to basically, if you buy a new Marvel legend or GI Joe and it's cardboard packaging, you are going to have to open it in the parking lot. Otherwise, like who's to say they even believe you. If you walk back in like, Hey, this is the wrong figure. Like, no, 100%. That that's another fear of mine. Like, I mean, I've seen some ridiculous figure swaps. Yes, me too. People are jerks. I mean, this has nothing to do with figures, but I mean, I always go back to this. Why I don't do eBay anymore. Like I don't sell anything on eBay. And because I, I came across a a video game, a Pokemon game. And, uh, it just so happened to stay at my house and I was selling my house and I, I found it. So I put it on eBay and somebody said, well, is that a, uh, you know, is that authentic? And I said, I found it in my house. You know, I, I don't know. I took pictures of the inside. I took pictures of it. The same guy that sent me that message bought it. Then, then he, then he turned me into eBay. He said it was fake. They refunded the money, and then he got to keep the game. You got to be kidding! <laughs> so I was like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, eBay is for sure for the buyers, not the seller at all." Yeah. Um, yeah, see, it's I, ridiculous. I, the stuff like that just burns me. And in fact, I mean, I mean, I still collect toys, and I always will, uh, much to my wife's chagrin. But um, 
I mean, one of the things I collect now, I mean, I collect Blu-rays and the DVDs. Um, I mean, it, it's a huge thing right now, and uh, and I've gone to that. I mean, I have a huge collection. Um, I mean, me and my buddies, we went to uh, Asheville, North. You know, we traveled like two hours just to go to a store that has Blu-rays and DVDs. And, you know, I mean, it, it's just much more fun that way. And... Uh, you know, it's just it, so. I mean, I'm a, I'll always be a collector, and my collections will always shift a little bit. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, it is what it is. But toys are—they're definitely not making the, those fun. Um, I have wanted to ask you since you collect the old vintage turtles. Do you have to have them complete, like with weapons, or are you fine with them just by themselves? So, I, I yeah, I can't do complete with weapons, because I feel like that's nearly impossible. Now, if it's like, like, I found a Mondo Gecko with the skateboard, and I'm like, okay, like, that mm. that makes sense. And if they have a weapon, yeah. that's great. Like, the only weapon I was like, I have to have it was Casey Jones' bag. Oh, and yeah. And the weapons there, I needed that, which I was able to find, and, um, and I actually was able to get the four turtles because they re-released them in Walmart. So I got those all mm-hmm. carded still. So they had all their weapons. But for the most part, I just worry about like if the figure's in good shape because I know trying to get all the weapons is nearly impossible with some of these. And, uh, yeah. and I think it, it depends on the character too. Um, but I think it's really fun that I can go to a vintage toy store, which I actually plan to go uh, when I when I'm when we finish this. I'm going to go check out a couple of stores today. And, you know, there's really no telling what I'll find. And I think that's been to me like you're a kid of the 90s. I mean, we all remember the thought of going into a Toys R Us. You have no idea what you're going to see. You could see something totally new. You could see a new series of something. And it was literally like you have no idea. And that to me was the fun of collecting. Nowadays, it's like I'm probably not going to be surprised on anything that I see. Like maybe they'll have something new out, but I knew it was coming. With a vintage toy store – like I said, you could literally find almost anything, and I think that's what's fun about it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's sort of why I collect movies now, too, because sure, sometimes yeah. I can find something really cool. Um, I mean, I guess the first time that – or the the last time that happened was the uh, – and I, and I didn't buy it, and I kind of wish I did, but it's one of those things you have to pick and choose your battles is the Usagi Ojimbo um NECA yeah like they had it Target had one they had two actually and I really wanted it but I don't have any of the other actually I have it's so random I'm so random sometimes I bought <laughs> the only cartoon turtles I have are two of the frogs yeah and I have no idea why I have them <laughs> I mean it was probably one of those things where I went to the store to look for something I couldn't find anything and then those were hard to find at one point and yeah. so I was just like oh I'll buy those and then I they're just sitting on my shelf well what's funny is I have a pretty good collection of the Nick of Turtles and I've more or less kind of stopped because I'm like I mean I've got most everybody that I need and like they're great but honestly these vintage ones are more fun and I'll tell you why because when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm sure, I don't know how much of the turtles you collected, but when I was a kid, I never liked seeing, like, you know, Raphael as a, a space cadet or whatever, because I thought, I don't, I want the regular turtles, I don't want these. Now that I see these, these are really fun. Like, I have a Raphael as a birthday party magician. 
Like that's yeah. insanely stupid, but amazing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It was this weird one-off line that they did where Raphael was a magician and Michelangelo was a clown. It's stupid, mm-hmm. but it's it's fun. And I feel like with NECA, they haven't really gone that route yet. So I'm like, well, okay, I'm cool with these. And um, you know, kind of same thing with the uh, the X Men because they or not X Men, but the Marvel figures because they made so many. But every time I go to the store, I usually will find a new one. And a lot of them, loose, I can find for three or four bucks. So it's like, yeah. that's kind of nice, too. Like, you could find a brand – like, I found a brand – not a brand new, but I found a, a, a Juggernaut figure. It was $4. I had Juggernaut as a kid. I was like, oh, I have to buy this. Like, it's it's crazy. I can go up there with four or five loose figures and spend about 20 to $24. So it's it's the same money, but it's like I'm building a collection a little bit faster. So – I don't know. Collecting is definitely you have to do what makes you happy, and there's so many options out there. But kind of, kind of like NECA too. Like I, I know they recently started doing the gargoyles figures, and I was like, man, those are yeah. so cool. But after a while, they become very expensive. Yeah, I passed on those because I never really was a fan of the show. Not that I hated it, but um, I just didn't watch it. Right. And so I've gone back and watched it, and I like it. And um, but those are hard to find because I've seen. Let's see, I've I I saw I've seen. I saw the is it Bronx? Did they put him out? Yeah. Yet, I think there's one the fatter guy the the fat one. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> right. all their names, but I know so like the they're all based one. off New York. So yeah, there's like uh there was Demana, which was the female Goliath, mm-hmm. Bronx, I think Broadway, Brooklyn. Uh, they've done four or five of them, but I mean, yeah. it's the same. So I've like, seen them all, yeah, and I could have bought them. I could have kept up, but I just didn't. Well, it's no different than the Ninja Turtle Masters of the Universe, or I'm sorry, Ma- um, Universal Monsters, rather. Like those are really cool, and I bought Frankenraff, but you know, when you start looking at them, you're like, wow, thirty eight bucks for one figure, kind of a lot. <laughs> you know, it kind of makes you rethink and- it all. And I'm not, like, I'm a horror fan, and I'm a Ninja Turtle fan, but I don't like those figures. Yeah, they're not for everybody. Like, I'm not going to say they're not great. They look great, but I would rather have them in the cartoon style. Like, they're too gross-looking, I guess, for Ninja Turtles for me. Well, and, but, uh, and Playmates did a line of Universal Monsters that are more yeah. cartoony, and those yeah. are a little bit harder to find, a little bit more expensive, but they're really cool. So, again, you kind of have to go with what what you what you dig what you're into you know and i think that's then that goes back to collecting like you know like you're collecting blu-rays i think that's really cool because i feel like there was a period of time where everyone was kind of like ah physical media is crap it's all about streaming but now people are like man streaming kind of sucks like it was really cool when we had video stores and physical media it was just a totally different time yeah um it is. I mean, and like, I love my physical media collection, and mm-hmm. I'm, my wife hates it. And uh, she, but uh, you know, I mean, it's just uh, something I love. It reminds me. I mean, it gives me some grounding to like my childhood. Yeah, I feel absolutely, and um, you know, kind of reminds me of where I came from in a way. And mm-hmm. just like, I mean, my, uh, I, I mean, my dream. Honestly, at this point, I would love, and I, there is a building down the street, and I really wanted to call about it. But I want to open up a rental store, and I know it's like a disaster plan, but I think it's—I think that there is a market for it. 
because um, well, you know, digital streaming is getting so much more expensive now. Yeah. Um, and you have and to just, have every subscription service, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do, and uh, it's just crazy nowadays. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I actually, and I don't know if this would be an idea or not, but I remember there was a video game store where I used to live in Missouri. And it was right, I, I worked at a restaurant, and so I would oftentimes do a double shift. And so it would be like, you know, I'm off my first shift at one. I don't come back till four. So it's like, geez, okay. Well, what do I do for three hours? Like, yeah, I can go to Walmart and target and look at the toys, but I mean, that doesn't eat up three hours. So what do you do? It's not really enough time to drive home and then drive right back. Well, there was Mm -hmm. this video game store called replay games. And, Oh yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I I know what you're going to say though. I bet you can go in there and play the video that you can pay to play. Yeah. They had an arcade basically in the back. And so I was like, well, how much is it? It's like, it's like eight bucks for an hour. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, well, what game can I play? Any game you want. And he, we had every system back there. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, let me, let me see if I can find no mercy. You know, as long as they had it in the store, you could play yeah. it. And I'm like, that is a genius idea. You know, like, that's a really, really cool idea. Because oftentimes, too, with, like, video games, after a while, you're kind of like, I'm done. You know, like, that's good. So, I don't know. Maybe, what if there was a way where instead of even taking the Blu-ray home, it's almost like your own mini theater, right? If you had like little individual yeah. rooms and they were soundproof maybe and huh. they had a couch yeah. in there and you could like take a party. That's wild. Then, I don't know. Like maybe there's an idea there, right? Like because there's something about physical media, right? Like it's it's such a weird thing. But records are huge now. Like everyone likes record players and vinyl records. So everything does come back eventually. Eventually. my but, I mean I have a – a cassette, a tape cassette collection um, going. I, I actually stopped on it. I got a little crazy, um, but uh, my buddy he runs a store and he's seeing an uptick in uh, CDs. Mm-hmm. So he thinks they're coming back pretty soon. That could be. I mean, I think at a certain point, there's something kind of fun about that, you know. So I don't know. Like as much well, as technology, I feel houses, like that's what. The toy line industry is going to run into with the uh, like the cardboard, yeah. And I've seen them. I think the Power Rangers were the first ones to really Power Rangers and Fortnite. I think I've seen Power Rangers they were the, have them because they, they look like uh, those like the Megazord and stuff. Yeah, I saw those. Yeah. Um, and I I feel like it's going to be the same where it's like well, like I want to pick up and play with it, and even though you, even if you don't want to open it, like. I don't know. There's just something inherently wrong about them not showing the figure. I just, I just don't agree with it. I mean, at all. Like, I don't care if it's an environmental thing or a tax thing or whatever people have said. It's not an environmental thing. Companies aren't don't care that much. Um, <laughs> it's got to be like a tax thing or um, you know, it's cheap or whatever. But um, I don't know. I just, uh, I think streaming is the same way. Whereas, like, it's there's just something. I mean, I stream stuff, and I, and I buy digital stuff on my Vudu account. Sure, me too. Um, but I dread the. I mean, I looked the other day, and I have 115 movies on on Vudu, and I dread the day because Vudu is not going to be around forever. Right. What do you do when it's just over? Like, sorry. Yeah, they're just I, gone. Yeah, you mean, don't own anything. I mean, like when you buy stuff digitally, it tells you you do not own this. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's definitely a an interesting thing, but 
I don't know, man. It's hard to it's hard to even fathom that, I guess, but it, it definitely can happen. Um, I know with the cardboard packaging and all that stuff, like I, because I've heard I've heard tax reasons, I've heard environmental reasons, like you said, but I start thinking like, what about food? Like you can't like how do you package bread without putting it in a plastic bag? How do you package lunch lunch meat without putting it in a plastic container? Like you have to. So that to me is like say trash bags. I mean, like we're gonna are we all gonna throw away our trash in paper bags? Like I mean that doesn't work. So <laughs> part of me thinks like there's I don't know if I totally buy all that. I, it, it seems a little far fetched, but I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see on the toy collection. I, I could see if if the numbers do drop, them kind of making a change, being like, yeah, we need to go back to plastic because that was working. This is not. But um, I, before we before I let you jump out of here because I know I don't want to keep you here all day, but we have to talk about FrankenCon, man. I know you've you've already done one, and I I don't even know how this started, but I think because it it kind of came about the last after the last time we recorded. So like, let everyone know everyone know about what what you got going with FrankenCon over there. Well, I was listening to the last podcast we did, and I was promoting Podcasticon. Yeah, <laughs> which was—I mean, I still love the idea. It was—it was basically an all audio convention, weird, but um, it made sense. For it was COVID. cool, and you, I mean, it, it, we did it in January of COVID, and then we tried it again in like the July. But by July, I think it was over, or you know, restrictions were over. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I started, I, I, I planned the idea late. Um, but anyway, so, and you helped out with the, uh, blockbuster, um, one and I appreciate that. Oh, of course. It was and, awesome. um, yeah, yeah. So it kind of started there, the idea, but you know, we, we, me and my buddy, my buddy's a big horror fan. I'm a big horror fan. And so he just got this bug, and he was an ex-wrestler, an ex-wrestler promoter, and he loved doing events, and he wasn't doing the wrestling events anymore. So he was like, hey, uh, I reached out to Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp, which it's an underground 80s movie, but mm-hmm. it's it's very, I mean, it's a cult classic, very iconic, greatest ending of any horror movie i i i recommend if you don't know anything about that movie it, to watch it and you, the end will flip you out um <laughs> it, it, it's the greatest ending of all time uh, so uh so felissa rose is extremely popular on the convention circuit and, uh, you know, she was like, sure, I'll do it. So it was an evening with Felissa Rose. And we rented out this uh, uh, this bar down the street, um, kind of made a deal with them. They were friends of ours. And um, we sold this that, that event out. We sold out uh, like 90 tickets almost. Uh, we packed the, the venue out. That's the most people we could fit there. She signed for like four hours. Um and then we were like, we wanted to do it again, but an evening is hard to do to bring people in. So it just turned into a convention. So FrankenCon was born. It's in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's at the McGee Tyson Airport, Hilton. We did May 14th of 2022. It was a one-day con. It did really good. Um Actually, now, yeah, it was May 14th. I was like, I'm kind of doubting that date now, but it, it was as May 14th. It was a big success. Um, you know, we had hundreds of people there and, um, a lot, a lot of vendors. I mean, it's, it's basically a convention. I mean, 
very much focused on horror. Next year, we're two days, so it's June um, 10th and uh I'm trying to think, uh, 9th and 10th, June 9th and 10th. Um, it's a Friday and Saturday. We're not doing Sunday, but uh, we've got like Joe Bob Briggs, Darcy the Mail Girl, CJ Graham, who played Jason Voorhees in Part 6. Awesome. Uh, Felissa Rose is coming back next year. Um, we have the girl that played in uh, so uh, the movie Jaws. You remember the first girl that gets attacked, the oh, iconic course. scene? Yeah, so she's going to be there. We have the Banjo Boy from Deliverance. We have, um, gosh, I mean, so we have people we haven't announced yet. Um, so just go to frankencontn.com, um, and it's two days. Uh, we have a VIP pass that does uh, nighttime activities for two nights. Um, so the VIP pass is, is really awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing now, and so that's why I kind of collect horror movies and horror merchandise. Sure. Um, uh, in fact, I'm going to a horror con, uh, Scarefest in, uh, in Kentucky in October, and I'm thinking about getting some autographs, uh, signed on the NECA figures. Um, I've got the Jason from part seven. Nice. And, uh, so Kane Hodder will be there, and, the main girl from that movie will be there. So I thought about having both of them sign that one. So now, you know, it's still fun to collect, uh, no matter what you, what you do, but I appreciate you letting me talk about Franken If you're a horror fan or, or, or know anybody that's a horror fan, it's a really big deal to us. And, uh, I mean, we, we think about it for 300 days and then we, you know, work our butts off to make it awesome. The response we had was terrific last year. I mean, it was kind of, it's kind of overwhelming. I mean, people, it was just weird. I mean, people were crying. Uh, like, it was just so, what we, you know, we're trying to just do something really special and, yeah. and different and not just a, a crazy convention. Like, you know, 10,000 people or 2,000 people. I mean, you know, last year we had about 600. We're probably looking at about 1,200 next year. So it's still small enough to where you can just, uh, you know, hang out with people that have the same love for pop culture. It's still a really cool thing that you were able to pull off your own convention, though. Like, at, at the end of the day, like, that will be something for years and years to come you're like, wow, I, I did that. Like, that's really, that, that to me was the coolest thing about when I, when I saw you kind of promoting this, I was like, wow, he's doing his own convention. That's really, really cool. And, and like you said, if you do better this, you know, this next one than the first one, like that's even better. So I know where I live in Tulsa, we don't have a ton of conventions. Um, we had some wizard world comic cons, but we haven't had any since like 20, probably 18 or 2019. And mm -hmm. so, it's kind of like, oh, dang, I wish they would bring that back. But, you know, I think COVID probably has a, a big part of that, obviously. But it was just it was, so, cool. it was cool to see it all, you know? Yeah. We uh, we have Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, and we have Creepy Con in Knoxville. And that's like, that's basically, it's that, a horror con, but they focus on, like, um, the haunting side of, of horror. Like, not so much the movies. Right. Um. And like the sideshow acts and stuff like that. And ours is actually not in Knoxville, even though it's at the airport. It's, uh, it's actually in my hometown. So that's really cool. Um, I don't do it by myself. My, uh, I have two business partners, Matt and Corey, that do it because if you're one person trying to put on a convention, you're crazy. Oh, I couldn't imagine. And, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I can't. I can barely. We can barely keep up half the time with three of us doing it. Oh, I'm sure. I can imagine one. So, um, no, they're 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 my best friends, and uh, you know, they're they're people who, um, you know, we we just put this idea together and it worked. Don't know how long, how many years it'll run, and um, but we'll we'll just do it until we can't anymore. So yeah, I think that's awesome, man. But like I said, I don't want to I don't want to keep you here all day. I appreciate you jumping on with me uh, to do the show. I know obviously no you problem. have Night of the Nerdy Laser podcast. Uh, let people know where they can find that and all your social media and stuff. Oh, uh, just you know, Spotify, Libsyn, Apple Podcasts, Night of the Nerdy Laser. Uh, you can find me at Night of. You can find me at Nerdy Laser. On Instagram and Twitter, you can find Night of the Nerdy Laser on Instagram at Night of the Nerdy Laser. Um, we don't have a website, so I but you can find us on Spotify anymore. You know, like, I, it's, it's too much work for for a podcast. I, I don't really, yeah, it's too much work. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, so yeah, just uh, yeah, look me up and uh, I, I try to post stuff um, that's fun and interesting. I dig it, man. I, I I like the show. I'm I'm. I wish I lived closer to Frank and Con. I think that'd be a lot of fun to be down there. But uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And like I said, hopefully we can uh, do this again down the road, man. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, uh, Breaker. And uh, I, I I didn't do this the first episode, and I uh, I kicked myself because you you have in Bane the greatest theme song to this podcast. I love. This theme song. <laughs> uh, that's that's. I mean, I I had the idea because I I love that iconic WWF music, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, is there any way you could make a rap over that? And usually for him, I think the hardest thing is probably finding a beat. And so mm-hmm. for that, like it was already there, like it was no problem. And he, you know, obviously is really good with the lyrics. And I don't know. I don't know. It just it fit. And I've gotten a lot of compliments on that. So, yeah, I appreciate that, man. It's it's really cool oh, though, yeah. because I think everybody remembers that that music, you know, like that classic WWF music. I mean, every, yeah, yeah, everybody for sure remembers. I mean, WWF, what they did in, in certain things, you know, uh, it's just so iconic. Like the music, the imagery, mm-hmm. the wrestlers, I mean, the good versus evil. I wish they'd get back to that. Maybe they will. Um AEW probably won't, but maybe maybe Triple H will. Well, I think that's part of what got us hyped for it, right? I mean, like that classic, even like the Vince McMahon voiceovers. It's time to rumble. Like I remember, so ridiculous. Yeah, but it got you hyped up. You were like, yeah, here we go. So I think yeah, that's, as a kid, that's, yeah, yeah, it's part of it. Like you want excitement, and they they definitely delivered that. So that was kind of my for idea sure. for the show is to have that type of uh, fun entrance song that we all remembered and uh yeah he absolutely killed it and then he let me use uh his song paul orndor for my outro which is really cool um from his yeah. album bane's world which i think is actually kind of one of his underrated songs kind of flies under the radar but it's amazing and uh yeah so it's it's really cool it's it's awesome to have him available to make make music for you uh, for this type of stuff yeah. so it's it's definitely cool but like i said man I, I appreciate it and i hope we can do it again down the road thank you breaker i appreciate you having me on
Alright, we're back here to close up episode 95 of You Know It's Fake, right? A big shout out to my uh, guest Richard Ewell for being on the show. Always great talking with him. And of course, I want to shout out uh, last week's guest, the one and only referee Brandon Schmidt. Um, one of my best friends in the business. Love talking with Brandon. Always great to have um, you know people like that on the show. And Richard is an awesome guest. And my guest next week will be a great guest. I'll dive into that in a little bit. But uh, like I said, I, just, I, I absolutely love how many different people from different walks of life I can get on this show. That's what makes me keep continue to do it, and what that's what makes it fun. So, very very cool to have uh, this many great guests. Um, you know, this accessible to me through the world of uh, Skype and everything to be able to do this show. It's been a lot of fun. My guest next week is another first timer on the show, Ryan from Wrestling Toy Tracker. I'm sure you, if you're a figure collector, I'm sure you've heard of Wrestling Toy Tracker. I know Jeff and Scott over at Fully Posable really put that that website over quite a bit. Ryan more or less took popular wrestling figure lines and was tracking the prices. Like how, how amazing is that? What a smart idea. Uh, if anyone knows the original Hasbro figures, a lot of them go for uh, quite a bit of money and you'll see a lot of people try to price gouge and charge more than they should. And Ryan does a good job of keeping an accurate price of what those are going for. And we kind of talk about that. We talk about his love for figures and wrestling and everything else. Because there's always, there's always so much to dive into. But it was really cool to, to have him on the show finally. Because we've been friends for you know years on Twitter and stuff. But never really you know had to sit down and had a conversation. Which is, to me, what makes this podcast fun. And what I why I continue to do it. So that will be coming up next week. And of course I want to shout out some of my podcasting buddies like... The Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Make sure to check them out every Sunday. And Scott's side project, Drunk Wrestling History. Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. The Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric. The Ringside Rant with RJ. The Leisure and Lariats Podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson. Uh, In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Boot to the Face with Marty and Rucker. Tales from the Estate with Drew Vensel, his wife Caitlin, and of course the twins over there. They just had some family pictures done. Absolutely adorable. Loved it. Um, Wreck My Podcast with Drew Ven- or excuse me, with Jordan Zeilinger and his pals. Trivia with Buds with the one and only Ryan Buds. Howlin' with the Wolf with our pal Jason Wolf. And of course, don't forget about his amazing artwork at The Art of Jason Wolf and his amazing chop shop and all the cool custom figures he's doing over there. Uh, pulling up a chair with our buddy Tim at a chair shot and then of course I guess this week, Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast. And also check out Too Old for This Stuff with our buddy Al Day talking wrestling figures. Um, also check out my other podcast, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour every Sunday, and the TV Toy Cast with me and Travis Fowler dropping all kinds of retro toy stuff every Thursday. And uh, No Holds Bar with Bill Benis is back, if you're into that. I mean, that crazy Bill Benis, you never know what kind of shenanigans he's got going on. And, of course, T-shirts, you can find them at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, BBPH.RedBubble.com, Whatamaneuver.net, search by store for Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, TV Toycast, or many other podcasting buddies. And also, TV Toycast has a store at StoreFrontier.com forward slash TV Toycast. Check all of that out. Thank you guys for checking out You Know It's Fake Right. And remember, as the great Johnny Valentine once said, I can't make you believe that pro wrestling is real but I sure as hell can make you believe that I am. I'm Brian Breaker. This is You Know It's Fake, right? And we'll see you guys next week. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. I've been around for a minute.
minute And I can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best of the minute Don't give a damn about critics They talk a lot, but at the end of the night I'm selling the tickets All the tough guys avoid me The ladies all adore me Paparazzi record me I can put on a clinic All my opposers are poor